Good morning. Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. It's a cold day outside, but we are here with warm fellowship, and we're glad to be together in God's house uh, in the name of the Lord today. And we welcome you. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together today. Uh, Just a few uh, uh, announcements I'd like to make, something to call to your attention. Let me remind everyone, first of all, of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would uh, to take that and to fill it out and give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out each Thursday, please be sure to put your email address on there, and and we'll put you on our list and uh, send that out to you each week. And that way you can keep up with some of the activities and the opportunities for worship and study and fellowship and ministry through Community Baptist Church. Uh, As you are passing that, you will notice that there is another sheet on the inside of the uh, attendance sheet uh, folder there, and that is for our Supper 8 groups. We are reviving that, and we're going to have these sheets in here just this last week. And, um, and this is an opportunity just to uh, join with other people in our church to, uh, uh, to have some time of fellowship together. And basically what, what you're doing by signing up is you are volunteering to host a group of six or eight people in your home uh, for dinner one night, and in turn, the other people in your group will host you in their home. And uh, it'll, it's just a great time of fellowship and opportunity to get to know each other better. And so let me encourage to, you to sign up for that. It's a, it's a good time. And um, being Baptists the way we are, uh, we hardly ever meet without eating. Um, and so let me call to your attention another eating meeting that we're having, and that is on uh, February the 13th. We'll be having our Valentine's meal here. And uh, that will is sure to be a wonderful, wonderful meal. Uh, we can have chicken or pork chops, and oh, that's the uh, um, the menu for that night. And if you would sign up for that or call the church office and let them know RSVP so we can know how many people to buy for. And uh, along with that, we are also having a time and service auction. You'll see some tables set up in the back of the uh, of the room here. And uh, these are people who are volunteering some of their time and some of their talents uh, to, uh, to auction off. And this is a fundraiser for our church and for also for uh, Christian Outreach, Henderson Christian Outreach. And so take a look at some of the things back there. And you may want to bid on, on some service or some, uh, uh, some time that people are offering. And you may have some time and some service that you would like to offer as well. And you can place that back there, and people can bid on on things that you are uh, that you have to um, to offer. Uh, also, this Saturday, uh, it's not in the worship folder, but this Saturday we are responsible for serving lunch at the Salvation Army, and so uh, we have the the meal taken care of. But we need some volunteers for service, and so if you would like to help serve lunch on Saturday, please see Christine, and and we'll get that lined up, and. Um, and one more thing, we have a number of meetings today, and I know that the uh, worship folder says that the, uh, uh, the recreation team will be meeting right after the worship service. The recreation team will not meet right after the worship service. Uh, uh, Frank slipped and, and hurt himself last night, so they're going to postpone that until Wednesday at 5 o'clock. So the recreation team meeting has been changed to Wednesday. Uh, 
at 5 o'clock. Uh, it's great to have everybody here today. It's great to be together. And uh, so let me encourage you to spend just a moment of uh, greeting each other in the, in the name of the Lord. Let's stand and uh, offer the, the love of God to one another.
morning. Uh, last fall, if you remember, we started off uh, an emphasis on our Sunday school uh, by doing a kickoff campaign called What's Cool at Sunday School? And since that time, um, we've added some new things that I would like for you to know about. Uh, one thing is we've added uh, three new Sunday school classes. Uh, one of them is for middle school age, and it's taught by Tim Hall. Um, Nora uh, Hobson is doing one for, called uh, Revive, I believe, and it's for uh, 18 years and up, 20s and 30s. And then uh, in February, we'll be having a men's only class started. So I think maybe the men thought maybe if they had a men's only class, they'd get to say something. So anyway, <laughs> that's going to be started. And Herb Pritchett is going to be the uh, teacher for that. Uh, also back in the fall, uh, we did a man on the street kind of interview thing and made pictures of people. And the question we ask is uh, why do you like Sunday morning uh, Bible study? And so um, we have finally gotten that prepared to show you today. But before we show you our stars in the interviews and see what they had to say and answer the question, I do want to uh, ask you to be sure and check the uh, bulletin that comes out on the internet on Thursday, the e-news. The e because uh, we're going to start putting a little teaser in there, Formations that does our Sunday school literature uh, does current events that match what our Sunday school lesson is about that week. So uh, if you will look on the e-news, you will be able to see uh, something suggesting there's a website to link to, but we'll give you a little info about something that's happened currently that will tie with what we're going to study on Sunday morning in our Bible study classes. Now, without further ado, we're going to look at what our man on the street interviews had to say about Sunday school. You will not believe the trouble we've had getting this off the ground. <laughs> uh, it's on the website, but we started off and uh, I got it on a, a, a CD for Mr. Gibson, and then we lost the CD. <laughs> and then uh, I was going to make another copy, and my computer broke. <laughs> so this has been going on for a couple of months now. <laughs> and so we finally got it all back together. and. Do we have it going yet? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me say also, though, while, even if we don't get to see it, if you're, if you're not in Sunday school class, you are really missing a blessing. 
um, there is, is just no describing how inspiring it is to come and listen. Our teachers work so hard to prepare their lessons, and we get so much out of it. Um, the Bible is so hard to understand, and I think that our Sunday school teachers are really dedicated, and they just make the Word come alive for us. And even though uh, we'll just be starting with the current events connected to our class, I think each teacher relates it to our life today. And I know every Sunday school lesson that I have listened to always ties in with something that's going on in my life at that moment. And so if you haven't gotten yourself up and about and gotten here before, we ask you to uh, give it a try. I think you'll really enjoy it. And we also want to remind you that on the second Sunday of each month, we have our fellowship cafe and different classes are in charge of supplying some little uh, things to nibble on and it's a time for fellowship before we start class. So if our system is down, uh, it's on? Okay, so we're going to move on and you can catch it on the, on the, it's on the website and we might be able to show it next week, possibly. Okay. All right, children, come up, come forward, and Miss Mary will lead us in our uh, children's moment. And we don't have the music to go along with it either, so. <laughs> come on down, kids. Look at all these kids. Come on down. Come on, kids. Ooh, I like to see all these guys. Go ahead and have a seat on the floor. You want me to sit on the floor with you? I will. Oh, not today. You know what? Miss Phyllis did something that I think we probably need to do for the kids, too, because we see, I see a lot of new faces here. Um, well, first of all, let me say thank you to the personnel team and to the church for letting me work with you all as the new children's director. And let me also refresh the parents. Sometimes we get a little scattered here, so let me also tell you, if you're new to our church, for your infants up to two years old, Miss Judy's back in the nursery. She's here from 9.30 in the morning until noon. So you are welcome to take your infants up to age two to Miss Judy. We kind of keep a watch on her. If we get too many kids in there. Sissy, come on. Is Sissy not up here? Oh, come on, Sissy. Now, right next to her is a room. And if you haven't been back there to our rooms back there, you need to go look at our rooms because they are awesome. Next door to Miss Judy, the second room, it's for ages two, three, and four. And you know what? Miss Kelsey is going to go back there. So during church, if you want to go back there to those rooms, you can do that too. And then the next room is going to be for ages five through second grade. Okay? And Miss Becky Hudson, I think, is the teacher back there today. We switch off on that room. If you're grades three on up, we ask that you stay with your parents to listen to Dr. Tim's message. Okay? So third grades on up, just stay out here with your parents or whoever brought you today and listen to the message. Now, also today, and I know this is short notice for some of you, but please know that you're invited. Today, right at 12, if you would like to stay with us from 12 to 2, we're going to have Sunday is Sunday. And that means we're going to have some fun. We're going to have a wonderful lunch of, parents don't listen, chicken fingers and french fries, okay? <laughs> And then we're going to play some Gaga, and, and that's not your grandma, because I know that's what you call your grandma, 
but it's a game we play here. And then we're going to do some other stuff. So your parents can go have lunch or whatever they want to do from 12 to 2. Okay, and that's preschool through fifth grade. All right, now, back to the children's moment. Let's talk about the word comfort. What's comfort mean? Anybody want to help me out? Comfort. Yes, sir. That means you're comfortable. You like when you feel comfort, right? All right. Well, let me just share some things with you real quick here. How many of you are sick of the snow? <laughs> Come on, parents. How many of you are sick of the snow? All right. Did you all see my skirt this morning? It's a spring skirt, so I'm boycotting winter, and I'm going right to spring. All right? But you know what? There are several things in our lives that bring us comfort. Now, I think we did something like this not too long ago, but th think about this. When I get up in the morning and I'm like, I do not want to face the kids at school. I don't want to hear those people being mean to each other. I have to have something that brings me comfort. Right, Hunter? Is that right? Okay. This is what I get my comfort from. What is that? Oh, what kind? French vanilla coffee. Ooh, that gives me comfort in the morning. Okay? If I'm really, really having a bad day, little Debbie's, mmm, little Debbie snack cakes, or chocolate chip cookies, ooh, comfort, comfort, comfort. But you know what? There's also someplace else that we can get comfort. Comfort might be in the form of a hug, might be what? Oh, a nice, warm, fuzzy blanket gives you comfort, yes. But there's somebody that's always with you, whether you know it or not, that can give you comfort. Let me read this to you. When you feel sad or upset, you need someone to comfort you and make you feel better. God will do that for you. Sometimes he sends a person from your family to help you feel better. Who gives you comfort right now? If you, did not, if you were feeling sad, who would you go to? Max, you want to share? Garrett? Garrett, you must be a really good friend. Isn't that cool that Max wants you to comfort him? I like that. Hunter, come up here. Sometimes he sends a person from your family to help you feel better. Sometimes he comforts you as you hold on to your favorite doll, your stuffed animal. Even when you think you're all alone, God is with you. You can always talk to him. Hey, Hunter. Hunter, want to come and talk to me up here? You can always talk to him, and he'll comfort you every time. Did you guys know that? So the next time you're feeling sad or angry in school, you've always got somebody right there with you. And who is that? God. He's always there. All right? If you'll bow your heads for me. Hunter, can you pray with me real quick? Okay, remember how we do that? We bow our heads and we pray. Dear God, Thank you for knowing when we needed to be comforted. Thank you for all the times when you've helped us feel better. Be with us this week and help us remember you in all that we do. Let each of us comfort others in their times of need. Amen. I'll take a hug if anybody has a hug. Hey, Mama, the pizza came. Oh, my goodness, look. Pizza. Who likes pizza? Oh, now Hunter comes to see me. <laughs> Huh, yeah. Mm, Valeda. Now he comes to see me. Well, actually, look, this is not pizza. But it's a way we can have pizza. Okay? This is our first fundraiser. And guys, what I want you to raise money for is so that you can give 
money, or gifts to others. And the first place we're going to do that is Pleasant Point, the senior apartments. Look here. Now, this is what you need to tell your moms and dads and your grandmas and grandpas. Not tomorrow, but next Monday night is Community Baptist Church Night at Pizza Hut. And you know what? All you have to do is show up. Good. Valeda, he wants to come to Pizza Hut next week. Okay. Monday the 31st, and we'll be passing these out. Anybody that orders a pizza, anybody that comes in and gets a pizza, carry out or delivery, or more importantly, come in and eat as a family, 20% of that goes right back to our church for all of us to do some fun things. Okay? So I'm going to give all of you a coupon, and then we'll be at the door passing out coupons later. And we hope that you can join us for some fun and activities at Pizza Hut. All right? Thank you very much. And don't forget, when Children's Church... Okay. When the guys come up to get our offerings for church, that's when you go back to Children's Church. Okay? There you go. Anybody else? Thank you very much. You can go back to your seat. Meg, you want one? Emily, you want one? All righty. You can go on back to your seats. Thank you, guys. This is from Matthew 4, verses 12 to 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home at Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what we've been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them immediately. They left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Perhaps these few verses proclaimed this Sunday can help remind us of Jesus' life, giving words and deeds. Perhaps these few verses proclaimed this Sunday can help remind us to proclaim the drawing near of God's reign, not as a threat but live life-giving promise. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day that you have given to us. 
We thank you for the words to lead our lives. Guide each and every one of us as we proceed through the day. And may our hearts be uh, open to these words that God has given to us and the directions for our lives. Guide us and direct us in all things we say and do. For through Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. pray with me for the beauty of this day oh God we give you thanks for the love of family and friends we give you thanks for the roof over our heads the food in our fridge and the clothes in our closet we give you thanks for the health and ability to function that we take for granted we give you thanks For those who know not the beauty of the day or the love of family. For those who have no shelter or clothes or food. For those whose bodies defy them and are no longer able to function. Oh God, make us doers of your word. Make us instruments of your healing. Amen.
we blessed aren't we blessed what a wonderful promise that is summer thank you for for that promise from our scriptures and thank you for uh, reminding us of that in such a beautiful way the rumor was that the owner of a certain hardware store had discovered a cure 
for arthritis. And as you might imagine, that stirred up a lot of interest in this small town where the hardware store was located. In fact, one day the local saw a little old lady bent over on her cane go into the store And then a few moments later, the same old lady came out walking almost perfectly straight. Well, the crowd cheered. It's a miracle, they declared. And then they wondered, what did the owner of the hardware store do that allowed this poor little old lady to overcome her affliction? And so the little old lady explained to them the source of this so-called miracle as she told them, "He he just sold me a longer cane. Now, I know it's not a great joke, but it does frame our topic for today. And here is the question that I want us to consider this morning. Does Jesus heal people today? There is no doubt that in many instances in the New Testament, we have stories of Jesus performing works of healing. In fact, he healed bodies as well as minds. And and we read these important words at the end of our scripture lesson from the Gospel of Matthew today. As Matthew says that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So it seems that the ministry of healing played a big role in Jesus' work. But the question is, does Jesus still heal people today? Now, I must tell you that there are many conscientious Christians who truly believe that Jesus healed people back during the, the times of the New Testament, but that he does not heal people today. And don't get me wrong, these people are not agnostics or atheists or anything like that. They are very orthodox in their beliefs. Yet they simply cannot bring themselves to believe that Jesus still still heals people today. And there are some good reasons for this. For one thing, many of these people have become disenfranchised with so-called faith healers who have taken advantage of people in their time of, of suffering and need. They have seen these charlatans exploit the yearnings of people in their, their time of suffering, and, and it's turned them off. And we surely can appreciate these feelings. There's nothing worse than those who take advantage of others in the name of Jesus. Philip Yancey tells about a young theological student who went uh, to a service conducted by a well-known faith healer. And in this service, a doctor was carried out onto the stage on a stretcher. It seems that this doctor had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. But there in the midst of that meeting, this this doctor was able to get up and he walked around and everyone cheered wildly before he had been told that he only had a few more months to live. But but tonight he believed that God had healed him. The young man told Yancey, I had never known such certainty of faith in all of my life. My, My search was over. I had seen proof of a living God in those people up on the stage. In fact, he was so impressed with this proof that that God had healed this man that that he tried to follow up and talk with the doctor. And so the next week, he listened excitedly as the phone rang in the doctor's home. 
And when the phone was answered, the young man explained the reason for his call and and who he was. And and there was a long silence on the other end of the line. Who are you? A woman's voice finally came back on the phone. Another long silence. And then she spoke in a flat voice, pronouncing each word very slowly. My husband is dead. Just that one sentence, nothing more, and she hung up. That's when this young theology student gave up on God. What a sad, sad story. But this is one reason that that some people don't believe that Jesus heals today. It's because of the actions of a few who have abused their calling as servants of God. But there's another more compelling reason for people to question whether Jesus heals today or not. For you see, many people have seen their loved ones suffer from some terrible disease. Or or maybe they have suffered themselves from some terrible disease and they've prayed long and hard for these loved ones. They've recruited others to pray as well. But there seems to be no change in their condition. Or maybe they even get worse. And so these believers have grown calloused and and disenchanted. and, And who can blame them? The truth is that the silence of God can can often be quite dispiriting. Some of these followers of Christ who question whether Jesus heals the sick or not have come to the conclusion that God has placed us in a lawful universe that precludes specific acts of healing. They believe that in place of miraculous acts of healing, God has has given us the wonders of medical science and, and that God works today through doctors and nurses, through wondrous technology and through amazing drugs rather than through any supernatural works of healing. And And who can doubt the wonders of modern medical technology? I'm constantly amazed when I'm in and out of hospitals at what modern medicine can accomplish. So these believers make a a compelling case for their their lack of faith in healing miracles. And, And finally and most convincingly, many of these Christians have concluded that it would not be fair If God healed some people today, but not others. I mean, why would God heal one person's arthritis and not another person's cancer? Especially if both were righteous persons. I mean, after all, the scripture tells us that that God is a just God. And thus, these conscientious followers of Jesus believe with all their heart that Jesus did heal people 2,000 years ago, but they don't believe it for today. They believe that Jesus healed people in the New Testament times only for the purpose for, of bringing people to faith. And they say that, that healing was not the primary purpose for Jesus, but rather teaching and preaching were, and that he healed people only to help them to understand who he was and And why he was there. And certainly many people did believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they saw him heal. They saw his power to heal. 
But let me ask you something. Have you ever thought about what it would have been like to live in Jesus' time when medicine was so primitive? Obviously, there were no antibiotics in those days. There were no FDA-approved drug therapies. Pliny the Elder, a Roman historian, published an encyclopedia in around 70 A.D., just after the time of Jesus, which he called Natural History. And, and in his Natural History, Pliny revealed how poor the condition of medical science was in the world during the time of Jesus. He told about how physicians prescribed curious concoctions for their patients made from the ashes of such things as burnt wolf skulls or stag horns or the head of mice or crab eyes or owl brains or frogs livers and these kinds of things. For dysentery, doctors would administer powdered horse's teeth and a head cold could be cured by kissing a mule's nose. So remember that the next time you get the sniffles. Don't reach for the alarest or the claritin. Just look for an amorous mule and all of your worries will be taken care of. But imagine living in a life in a, in a society like that with such primitive medical whatever. Where people had little hope of being cured little hope of any help with their reflection, and into a situation like that, a man comes who, who could speak but a word and the blind could see and the lame could walk. It's no wonder that people believed that He was the Son of God. We see Jesus healed people. But the question is, does He still heal people today? And I want to say to you that, yes, God still heals people today. There is good evidence that Christ still heals people today. Most of us here in this room have seen that, have we not? The world-famous Mayo Clinic was founded by Dr. Will Mayo and his brother Charles. And Dr. Will Mayo once spoke these encouraging words. He said, I have seen patients who were dead by all standards. We knew, we knew that they could not live. But then I have seen a minister come to the bedside of that person and, and do something for them that I could not do, although I had done everything in my professional power. But something touched a some immortal spark in that patient and in defiance of medical sense, they lived. Thus spoke Dr. Will Mayo. So you see, there is evidence that, that Christ still heals people today. C.S. Lewis once told of a woman who, uh, that he knew whose thigh bone had been eaten through with cancer and the doctors predicted that she only had a few more months to live. And, and the nurses, who knew better, predicted there was only a few weeks. But a minister came to her bedside and laid hands on her and prayed for her. 
And a year later, that patient was walking, and, and the man who took her last x-ray off her thigh was saying, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And I'm sure that most of us here can share stories of people that, that, that we all know who were given up on by, by medical professionals, and, but people prayed for them, and, and somehow the doctors were proved wrong. It happens. Not always, of course. Not even most of the time, maybe. But it happens. Sociologist and evangelist Tony Campolo tells about being at a Midwestern church-related college and being in the chapel at one particular evening. And he was delivering his lecture there at the chapel when the woman came down the aisle accompanied by her son, a young boy in braces on his legs. And she asked for prayer for her son so that he might be healed. And so Campolo delayed his lecture and he asked for some people to gather around this young boy to pray for him. And they did. But nothing happened. And they all left. Well, several years later, Campolo was back at that same college and a woman came up to him and said, you remember me? And Campolo said, no, I, I, have we met before? And she said, yes, I came to the, to the college for your lecture and I interrupted and asked you to pray for my son who was in leg braces. And, and Campolo said, oh, oh, yes, I remember you. I do remember you. How is he? And the woman said, he's healed. This is my son standing right next to me, he said. That, and, and, and Campolo said, well, that's wonderful. How did it happen? And she said, we prayed. That night when we got home, we went to bed. he went to bed and, and, and he started crying. His legs were hurting against his braces. And, and slowly, over a period of time, his, his legs grew straighter and stronger. And the doctor said that he didn't understand it, but that my son was healed. Well, of course, Tony was thrilled to see the power of God at work in such a way and So he went to a group of friends back home and he told them the story of what had happened. And and most of them were thrilled to hear it as well. But there was one man who said, I don't believe it. I don't think it could happen that way. It doesn't fit my thinking. And we shouldn't be surprised that someone would respond like that. There may be people in our congregation today who would respond in, in much the same way. And, and you may be asking yourself, well, if, 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 Christ, if Christ could heal that boy's legs, then why doesn't he heal my nephew? Why doesn't he heal my mother who has cancer? Why did he allow my dad to have that heart attack? And my friends, it's, it's a complicated question. And I'll stand here before you today to tell you that there is no satisfactory answer. And again, please understand that it is the exception and not the rule. But there have been too many people who have reported that the doctors told them that they had no chance. And yet they have made what can only be called a miraculous recovery. And we simply cannot dismiss their testimony. And I know that some miracles could be explained if we only knew all the facts. 
We're not naive. We know that some healings may grow out of that strong connection between the mind and the body. Some people make themselves sick because of what Zig Ziglar calls stinking thinking. And so why shouldn't other people make themselves well by thinking healthy thoughts? Back in 1974, Dr. Robert Adler, a psychologist at the University of Rochester, he did a brilliant study discovering for the first time the role of the mind in relationship to the immune system. He demonstrated what most of us have always felt, that the condition of the mind and the emotions have a have a profound effect on the condition of the body. And so a new science came into our vocabulary, psychoneuroimmunology. Well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? But it's basically, it talks about the mind's effect on the immune system. And, and we know that there's a lot of truth in this science. And some people would contend that this mind-body connection is, is an explanation of, of all such healing. And they point to, the, to how often Jesus said, your faith has made you well. And certainly that, that's a part of it. But that brings us to the real question. What about those people who believe in Jesus Christ with all of their hearts, with all of their minds, with all of their souls and strength? but their bodies are still not healed. And the truth of the matter is that this is more often the case than not. So, more than simply positive thinking or belief must be at work in cases where, where healing does occur. And of course, every good doctor will tell you that there are simply some things with regard to healing that no one understands. They have seen people whom they, they would never expect to leave the hospital to get up and walk out and to live many more productive years in their lives. And some of these people had no religion at all. In fact, some of them were miserable people, but still they got well. While there were others who were glowing with optimism and faith and had many friends praying for them, and caring for them, and yet they remained sick, sometimes in pain, and eventually died. There's simply no explanation. No matter what anyone says, there's no explanation that clears everything up. But my friends, let me tell you something. This is what we need to hear this morning. Many good people have experienced healing that was genuine. And they have no other explanation for it except for the power of prayer. You know, there's so much about healing and faith that we simply do not understand. But here is what I believe. Whatever you, whenever you have a need, whatever that need may be, for healing for a loved one or for yourself, uh, for, uh, for someone who is going through a difficult time, for guidance in a time of, of deep uncertainty, for strength to endure some emotional struggle that you are going through, 
Whatever your need may be, here it is, folks. Take it to God in prayer. And if it's truly a shattering need in your life, ask others to pray for you as well. And then trust God. Because, my friends, God does hear our prayers and answers them. Sometimes it is not exactly how we hoped God would answer. And sometimes it's not on our timetable. But God hears our prayers and God answers our prayers. And the most important thing that we can do is this. Trust in God's love for you. No matter what happens, trust in God's love for you. For you see, if you trust in God, then everything will ultimately work out, whether in this life or in the next. For you see, God's ultimate plan for us is always for your best good. The Bible tells us that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And I believe that God still heals people today. So trust him. And believe that in all things, even when we, we may not understand how, God is always faithful to be with us in our health and in our infirmities. And God is always working for your best good. Amen. We're going to sing number 460, When I Pray. And we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to God's work in your life. There may be someone here today who's never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And we hope that you will not leave here today without doing that. Without saying, yes, God, I believe in you. And I trust you. And I give my life to you. And I put my life in your hands. And I commit myself to follow you. If you've never made that commitment today, I hope you'll do that today. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church officially here at Community Baptist. And, and we are a group of people who love the Lord and we love each other and we love the world outside. And we try to minister in the name of Christ. We try to be the presence of Christ in a world that is in so much need. If that sounds like something that um, appeals to you, then we invite you to join our fellowship. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. Maybe you or someone in your family or one of your friends is in need and, and, and in need of healing, in need of strength, in need of strength to endure when God's not healing. Maybe you just need a time of praying. And giving it to God and trusting in the Lord. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, and we invite you to come as we sing together when I pray.
Let us go now into this cold world warmed by the very presence of God. May we go in safety, for there is no place that God has not already been. May we go in joy, for Jesus has already gone ahead of us, and we gladly follow him. And may we go in confidence, for we are always kept in God's love and God's care. Amen. Thank you.